welcome to another inspirational teaching by Pastor Jared Neiman, pastor of Abundant Living Faith Center. All right, Masterpieces. We're starting a new series. I am so excited about it. Uh, I actually have already taught it. I taught it on the west side in October, and now I'm teaching it here on uh, the east side for all of the month of November. And let me tell you, I am so excited to be here. It's so good to see some of y'all. I haven't seen some of you. Come say hi to me. I get used. To, I got so used to seeing a lot of you every single week, and now I, I see you sometimes because me and my dad and Shannon, we rotate now. Uh, but it's so great to see you. I love you guys. I, I just, I love I love you guys. And so um, this series has been something that's been in my heart for a couple of years now. And uh, I came across what will be our foundational scripture and another one about two and a half years ago, something like that. And it really ministered to me. And I have a little notes thing in in my phone where I have series ideas. And uh, uh, this one has been on there for two and a half years uh, to do a series called Masterpieces. And the funny thing or the weird thing was is that it just wouldn't connect. And I knew I wanted to do a series about it. Every time I would know I was doing a series, I would come back to it and I would try to meditate on it, but it just wouldn't connect. Have you ever had an idea that just a piece was missing? Have you, you know what I'm saying? And it's like something and you just couldn't connect it, you know, like when your car won't start and it's like, it's like, come on, man, come on, connect. Well, it felt like that. And so um, I read this book recently, and I'll tell you a little bit about that next week. And uh, it's like the pieces kind of started to connect. Well, one night after a, I got home and I had gone to the gym, a really terrible workout, horrible, like one of those, your, your shirt stuck to you, you sweated so much, it's really nasty. And um, had one of those workouts, put the kid to bed, got in the shower. Now this might be a little TMI here, but I'm just telling you the truth of what happened, okay? So I got in the shower, taking a shower, and uh, sometimes I just try to get quiet at night before the Lord, and uh, that night I was just kind of there and, and, and praying and thinking, and I'd been, really been thinking about this masterpieces thought, you know? And full disclosure, in the shower, God gave me the whole series, and Here's what happened, okay? So then I'm like, it's there. And so then I start screaming, Carla, Carla, babe, come here. So my poor wife, it's like 1030 at night, she comes running in, what happened? Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm great. Get my phone. She's like, what? What's wrong? Who do I need to call? I'm like, nobody. God spoke to me. And she's like, well, good for you. <laughs> I'm like, no, get the notes. I got to get, he gave me the masterpieces series, all of it. It's four parts, babe, four weeks. It's four parts. I, got, I need you to write it down because I'm the type that gets really good ideas and then forget them like 20 minutes later. Anybody ever do that? Are you, anybody ever really brilliant while you're laying in bed and you're like, I'll remember that in the morning. And then in the afternoon, you're like, what was that brilliant? Um, Am I the only one? No. So I'm like, babe. So I'm telling her, like, okay, week number one. And this story and this script. I even had the jokes, guys. I'm going to tell this joke. 
And week number two, I'm going to talk about this and use this scripture and tell this story and this and this joke. All of it. The whole thing. It was beautiful. It's the fastest. It's like God just downloaded it. It was nice. I wish he'd do that more often. So here we go. Masterpieces. What is a masterpiece? So I'm, during this series, I'm going to put a lot of things on the screen. I'm using multiple translations, lots of definitions. And the reason I'm doing it is because, pun intended, I want to paint a picture for you. Okay? The goal over the, today and the next three weeks is to get you to view yourself the way God views you. Okay? And to show you and let you understand who you are in God, what you were created for, at the end of this four weeks, you will know beyond a shadow of a doubt your purpose in life, your calling in life. You will have a restored vision, hopes, dreams. You will understand how to accomplish those visions, hopes, and dreams. You will have a new identity that is founded in Christ Jesus. And you will know how valued, loved, and cherished you are. What is a masterpiece? Let's go ahead and look at this. The first characteristic of a masterpiece is that a masterpiece is designed, it is created, it is usually created over time, and it is perfected. If you know anything about some of earthly masterpieces, you know that the Mona Lisa took a minimum of four years to create. Uh, many experts think it actually took him 14 years to create it because he was obsessed with getting the right texture, the right stroke, the right lighting, the right coloring. He was obsessed during his design and creation so that it could be perfected. The Sistine Chapel took over four years and took years before that of planning. Uh, uh, of course, we know about God's creation. It took God seven days, right, to create the heavens and the earth. Well, Every masterpiece is designed, it is created, and it is perfected. The second aspect of a masterpiece is that a masterpiece is an original. It is an original. A masterpiece is never a copy. It is an original. And did you know that God says that you are an original? See, I don't want to be a copy. A copy is just a watered-down version of the original. So you can go to the Louvre in Paris and see the Mona Lisa. You can go buy a copy. You can even get a little tiny version of a copy and mail it to your family to show them that you saw the original. But that postcard does not do the original justice. See, there's two ways to live in life. You can live in life as an original or a copy. You can either be an original or you can conform to the way the originals tell you to live. It's the originals that have the good marriage, that build the big business. It's the originals that transform society and you are called by God as an original. See, masterpieces are always originals. They are never copies. Amen? The third characteristic of a masterpiece is that they are purposed. They are created on purpose for a purpose. Many masterpieces are, in fact, what we call commissioned. Like the king commissioned the Sistine Chapel. 
He commissioned what we now call the Louvre Museum as his castle. We commissioned this church to be built. We commissioned the church on the west side to be built. And upon our commissioning of it or our purpose of it, we designed, we created it and perfected it as an original. And now it serves a purpose. Amen. Amen? And you will know in week number three what your purpose is. Have you ever wondered since you accepted Jesus, what is my purpose here on earth? We've all wondered that, right? The other question you get is, what's my calling? Well, we'll answer those questions in the third week, but a masterpiece is designed, created, perfected. It's an original, it's purpose, and the fourth characteristic is that we cherish them. We value them, and we love them. Masterpieces are so valued, we will build buildings to hold them in. We will get them and hang them on a wall. We will put lighting on them. We'll put ropes around them. We will protect them. We will hire guys with machine guns to stand in front of them so that nobody can mess with the masterpiece. If you go to the Louvre to see the Mona Lisa, you can't even get near her. It is behind glass with multiple ropes and guys with guns. So you can see the Mona Lisa from a distance because we value her so much that we protect her. People will travel long and far to see masterpieces. Let me show you a few of them. Here's one. It's a painting called The Interchange. Erica, how much would you pay for that? Throw out a number. Uh, I'm going to guess it's high. Um, so that, you were generous. The guy in first service said $100. <laughs> That's called The Interchange by a guy named William de Koenig. That sold for $300 million. That bad boy. Three hundred million for that. Of course, you know the next lady. So if that thing sold for three hundred million, how much would that sell for? They call her priceless. They couldn't. They can't even put a price on her. I mean, she'd easily go in the billions. She'll never come on the open market. But if she did, I mean, you're talking about only like Bill Gates and. Those dudes that could, what number would, wow. Of course, we know the Sistine Chapel. Wow. Anybody ever had the privilege of going there? I have not. Is it, it that picture doesn't do it justice, right? Why? Because that's a copy. That's a, the copy is not the original. The copy is a watered down version of the original. That's just a picture. Pictures don't do the original justice. Here's a building I had the privilege of seeing, and this picture also does not. That is what is called La Familia Sagrada. Anybody like my accent there? That wasn't bad, right? Woo! I married a Mexican woman. I got a little. Hey, I'll burst your bubble. You know, we found out recently my dad's Mexican. My grandmother was born in Chihuahua and never told us. We Mexican, baby? 
always wondered why I love chips and salsa so much. It's like, why do these enchiladas feel so natural? It feels that now I know. Part of the family. So that building there, uh, God, that picture doesn't even kind of do it justice. It is the most spectacular thing I've ever seen. Uh, that is a Catholic building that has been under construction and continues to be under construction for now 500 years. You, you think our building projects take a long time. <laughs> My God, that's in Barcelona. Any of you have ever, ever seen that building? Any of you? No? Oh, you? Yeah. Spectacular, right? Like it takes your breath away. And that doesn't even kind of, no, no picture does it justice. Incredible. Google it later. It's amazing. We see masterpieces all over society. Art, statues, buildings. We see masterpieces in nature. If you've ever been to the ocean, you see masterpiece. If you ever go on a hike in the forest, you see the beauty of God's creation and you'll say things like a masterpiece. In El Paso, we have these beautiful mountains that are a masterpiece. And in the summer, if you ever just drive towards the west side and you see the sky light up in pink and purple and orange and the sun is setting and the clouds with the, and then it shines off the mountain and it's like this beautiful glow of God's glory. And a lot of people are driving on the freeway taking pictures of it. Please don't do that. Just take a picture once you're stopped. But like, hey, I see you. I've done it. Like, it's not a good, it's not a good idea. But when it rains and you smell the freshness of the way the rain cleanses the earth and then you see the rainbow and sometimes a double rainbow and we'll say things like, God, look at that masterpiece. You can see it in the human body, the way you cut yourself and it regenerates, the way you break a bone and it can heal itself and you can tear a ligament and it can regenerate and the way that the body, the man and woman can come together and create life and you see it and it is a masterpiece. See, God's word says that you will see his glory in his creation. And if you will just take a moment, you will see his glory in his creation through the masterpieces that he allows us to experience. It, it, it amazes me, and I don't say this out of judgment, but it amazes me that people can go to the beach and see the tide and they can go for a hike or whatever, and they can see the beauty of creation and somehow think that's an accident. And again, I don't say that out of judgment or anything, but it just baffles me because I see God in his creation. I had the privilege on my honeymoon of going to Maui, and I remember sitting there and I was watching the tide roll in and out, and you just look upon this expansive ocean and you feel the breeze, and I remember thinking, my God, you are amazing. And you know, I'm really sarcastic. And so I said, you know, babe, I really feel like on the eighth day, God moved here. Like on the seventh day, he rested. On the eighth day, he built a house in Hawaii and just like settled there. If you've ever been to Hawaii, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, wow. I'm joking. Lighten up. <laughs> we as humans, we call a lot of things masterpieces. 
We will describe things as masterpieces, but all of the things we describe are temporary and will be washed away. There is one thing and one thing only that God, our Father, calls a masterpiece. And we find it in our foundational text, Ephesians 2, verse 10, in the New Living Translation. Oh, and there it is on the screen. Look at that. Let's read this together. For we are God's masterpiece. Let's start that over. For we, does that we include we? Come on, talk to me. Does that we include we at Abundant Living Faith Center on Sunday, November 12, 2017 at 11.28 a.m.? Does that we include we? Does that we include you in the risers? Come on. So whatever is said after this is describing us. Amen? For we are God's masterpiece. You and me, standing or sitting in this room right now, are God's masterpiece. Designed, created, perfected as originals on purpose and for a purpose, cherished, valued, and loved. Loved so much that he gave up Jesus to suffer and die on a cross so that you and I could be his chosen masterpiece. Look what it says. Created anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. For we are. See, as humans, we call a lot of things masterpieces, but God calls one thing and one thing only a masterpiece, and that is you and me standing here in Abundant Living Faith Center. We are, we are God's masterpiece. Why don't we just say it together? Say, I am God's masterpiece. Now, why don't you say it again? Say, I am God's masterpiece. Why don't you say it like you believe it, Abundant Living? I am God's masterpiece. So when your friends or your family say, oh, you're a loser. No, 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 I'm a masterpiece. Oh, you're worthless, man. Remember what you did? No, I'm a masterpiece. Well, that sounds a little, that sounds a little arrogant, Jared. You know, you Christians are supposed to be humble. Well, I'm saying it with humility, but if God said it about me, I'm allowed to, uh, if God said it about me, I am allowed to say it about me also. Don't say it like a jerk. But God's identity for you is that you are a masterpiece. Of course, a lot of you are like, sure don't feel like a masterpiece. Some of you are thinking, okay, Jared, that's cute, but how in the world am I a masterpiece? Man, I'm glad you asked. I, I'm going to give you the answer. You guys, are, you guys are so in tune with me today. It's amazing that you're asking these questions, and I have the answer. I even have them on a slide for you. That's amazing, right? We're, like, connected. So how are you a masterpiece? Well, let's look at the process of becoming a masterpiece. Well, becoming a masterpiece starts with your design. 
Starts with your design. Look what the psalmist said in Psalm 139, verse 13 and 14. It says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Look at, and now you can see the tone. Now he starts worshiping God. He starts praising God. Well, of course he does. This is the book of Psalms. It's the book of praises. It says, thank you. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous for how well I know it. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body, kind of like a master designer, a master architect. You made all the delicate inner parts and knit me together in my womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, and it is, right? When you actually think about the human body, it really is marvelous. It is spectacular the way the human body can regenerate and create life and, and rest and, and heal and restore and accomplish and strengthen and have power. It's marvelous. Well, it starts with your design. It, number two, continues in your creation. Remember, a masterpiece is designed, created, and perfected. Genesis 1.27 says, so God created human beings in his own image. Whose image? His image. And then he repeats himself, in the image of God. Now, notice that, okay? We need to understand that anytime God repeats himself, particularly in the same scripture, he's trying to make a point. How many of you are, have ever raised kids? Did you ever find yourself repeating yourself? And the whole point of repeating yourself was to make a point. Eat your eggs, Caleb. Eat your, Caleb, eat your, eat your, eat your eggs. No, not eat your, eat the eggs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? Eat that. And then you go over there and put the eggs in their mouth. <laughs> so God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created, why? Because the devil wants you to think that you're created in your image. God wants you to recognize that you are created in his image. And then he clarifies, and it's sad that we still need to clarify this, but that Male and female, he created both of them in his image. And let me remind you, even in 2017, he created them equally. And all the ladies said, amen. Good job. Spoon-fed that one, to you. It's a good amen. The first service, barely, I had to tell the guys to say amen. And they did. Amen. Equally created by the master creator himself. He created us, and then it continues on. It starts with your design. It continues in your creation, and then you are perfected in Christ. Back to our original text, for we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus. Now we're gonna focus in on that. Created us anew, where? in Christ Jesus, and whose image were we created in? His image, his image, and then 
he created us new in Christ Jesus. So we can do all the things that he planned for us. And if you study the word, you know that he knew us even before we were in our mother's womb. And before we were in our mother's womb, he had amazing plans for us. Plans for us to live the life he wants us to live. A life full of joy and satisfaction and health and prosperity and fulfillment. A life of vision and dreams and purpose. A life of success and welfare and prosperity. Uh, whoa. The life of peace and happiness. The life God wanted us to have, it is a good life, the abundant life. But listen, my family, God says that we are his masterpiece, created, designed, perfected. And let me tell you that a masterpiece is only a masterpiece when it is perfected. Not when it is created, not even when it's being designed, but it only becomes a masterpiece when it is perfected, perfected. And you are perfected at the very moment that you met Jesus. At the very moment that you prayed and accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, you were perfected. Now, I'm challenging some of your thinking because a lot of you are thinking, I ain't perfect. Ain't nothing about me perfect. You should have seen what I did last night, Jared. Friday night I was drunk. I ain't perfect. Amen. All right. So can, can the pastor just preach a little? Amen. I'm going to do it anyway. So Created anew in Christ Jesus. Now, let's understand a few things. We understand that we are three-part beings, right? We live in a body, we have a soul, but we are a spirit. The true us, the us that is created in his image, the us that God knew before we were in our womb, the us that Jesus came and died for, the us that will live for eternity, the us that will go to heaven and be reunited with family members and loved ones and friends, the us that will sit in the throne room of God and worship and glorify him for eternity. The true us is our spirit. And it is our spirit that is perfected at the moment our spirit accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. And our spirit remains perfect now and for eternity, even though the flesh still messes up. That's where the grace of God comes in. But the devil tries to come in and tell you something different. And so upon salvation, you were perfected. Why? Because the master himself gave you a piece of himself to live on the inside of you. And that piece is Jesus Christ. So you are a masterpiece because the piece of the master is living on the inside of you. Amen. 
So your spirit is perfected even though your flesh may still be a little crazy. Now here's the key. Turn in your Bibles to Romans 5 verse 17. I'm glad you came to church. There it is. Lost my clock down here, so okay. Romans 5, 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace, God's unearned, unmerited, undeserved favor. Those who receive his favor and, listen, the gift of righteousness will reign in life. The gift of righteousness. You know what a gift is? A gift is something given to you without payment. You didn't do anything to deserve or earn or pay for the gift. It is a free gift. It is given to you to accept the gift and receive the gift. And the definition of righteousness there is to build your life on what is right about God and not what is wrong with you. See, the devil wants you to build your life on what is wrong with you on your mistakes, on your insecurities, on your regrets, on the divorce, on the addiction, on the depression, on the pain, on the hurt, on the bad memories of the past. The devil wants you to build your life on what is wrong with you, but Jesus says to build your life on what is right with him. And the more, listen to me, the more you allow yourself to build your life on what is right with him. Your spirit then, in all of its perfection, begins to overrule the flesh. Because when you are building your life on what is right with him, that means you're building your life on integrity, on hope, on faith, on discipline, on faithfulness, on encouragement, on strength, on joy, on resisting sin, on standing against temptation, on positivity and not negativity. So instead of building your life on your mistakes, you're building your life on freedom, on, 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 on mercy, on grace, on faith. And so your spirit man, the real you, the real you that is divinely connected to your heavenly father, begins to overrule your flesh. And so therefore, you begin to reign in life, stand against the devil, resist him. The Bible says, and when you resist him, he will flee from you and God's majesty abounds in your life. But here's where the grace of God comes in. Even when your flesh messes up, his grace is there to offer you grace and forgiveness. Amen? Amen? But he says, listen, just build your life on what's right about me and not what's wrong with you. So you're thinking, but Jared, you don't understand what I've done. You have no idea where I've been. I was there last night, Jared. You don't understand the way I treated my husband on the way to church. We're not talking about five years ago, Jared. This happened right now. No, I don't understand. I never will. I don't need to understand. The good news is that God does. And I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, again, you're bringing up great topics here, guys. 
Because I've got something to show you. Look what Colossians says. Oh, there we go. I think we're having computer issues. Look at, just listen to these words. We look at this sun and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this sun and see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, does that include you? Come on, does that include you? For everything, absolutely everything, above, below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything. God started in him and finds its purpose. Where? In him. He was there before any of it came into existence and he holds it all together right up to this moment. When it comes to the church, thank God he organizes it and holds it together. Are we a part of the church? Yes, we are. Like a head does the body, verse 18. He was supreme in the beginning and leading the resurrection parade, he is supreme in the end, from beginning to end, he's there, towering far above everything and everyone. Listen to these words. So spacious is he. So roomy is he that everything of God finds its proper place. Where? In him without crowding. Not only that, listen, church, but all the broken pieces all the dislocated pieces of the universe, look at the first thing he mentions. People. Things, animals, atoms. Watch. All the broken pieces get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies because of what Jesus did on the cross. See, the devil wants you to think I got to go get right before I can come be before Jesus. The devil wants you to think, look what you did last week. You're not worthy. You can't go to church this week. Oh, you're going to raise your hands? You flip someone off on the way to church and now you're going to worship, you little hypocrite. By the way, if you got that cross equals love sticker, I mean, like, like let's try not to, okay? Like for real, like for real, for real though. For real. Even in the depression and the pain and the mistakes, God says, come to me. So spacious am I that all your brokenness, all your dislocated pieces fit in me, God says. And not only do you fit, but if you will just come to me, God says, I'll fix them. I'll fix them. Why? Because listen, you're God's masterpiece. And he has perfected your spirit. And he wants to help fix your flesh so that you can do all the things that he plans for you. See, it's in him that the broken are healed. It's in him that the hurt is restored. It's in him that the, the depression is turned to joy. It's in him that mourning is turned to dancing. It's in him that sorrow is turned to happiness. It's in him that bondage is turned to freedom. It's in him that uh, confusion is turned to clarity. It's in him that the blind will see, that the, the, the lame will walk, that the poor will turn into success. It's in him that we find redemption and salvation. It's in him that bitter
bitterness turns to forgiveness, that hate turns to love, that fear turns to faith, that, 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 that loss turns to hope. It's in Him that all our brokenness, all our dislocated pieces come together. So spacious is He, so roomy is He, that you, the good, the bad, the ugly, and all your mess fit in him. Amen. In him. And not only do you fit, but the master creator himself then fixes you and perfects you. Listen, salvation is not the end. Salvation is just the beginning. And upon salvation, you are perfected by God. And at that moment, you become his masterpiece. And then the work starts for you to accomplish everything he wants to accomplish in your life. All of his promises laid out for you. And all he says is, just come to me. Just come to me. See, the devil will say, you can't worship today. You can't go to church today. You know what you did? And see, God only sees you. Listen to me. It is your perfected spirit that God sees you through. And God only sees you in your perfection. And all he sees is that masterpiece hanging on the wall, designed, created, and perfected as an original, created on purpose for a purpose. And he cherishes it, he values it, he loves it, he will do anything to protect it, he watches over it, he'll secure it. Why? Because you're his masterpiece. Is that amazing? Come on, can we give God a great shout of praise for his word? Got me so excited, I threw my Bible. Say it with me. I am a masterpiece. Say it again. I am a masterpiece. My family, was this good today? This is like, you wait till next week. Next week, wow. Thank you for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. For information on teaching material or questions about our church, please visit us at alfc.com.